0: You don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. Yankee, a So let's start season five off right tonight. We talk about, well tonight for me, where I'm recording it, we're going to talk to you about a TV show from the man, the writer of Memento, The Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises, and also from the man who improved Star Trek and destroyed Star Wars. We're going to talk about a TV show called Person of Interest. You may want to check it out. Last I heard it was on Netflix, starring Jim Caviezel. We're going to take a look at a viewer's question look at the state of surveillance and what may be scary that people are looking into nowadays because of things like the development of AI technology and where that's headed. So we'll discuss what the show is, what they do on the show, and how close are we really to being a person of interest? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to 2024. That ought to go bad quickly. We'll see how that turns out. If you haven't figured it out already, please pay attention. And if you do, send me a message. Let me know what you think, because I have trying to make weekly improvements. This week's improvement is I've been less than satisfied with the audio quality of some of the recent recordings. Although I'm doing everything the same, I can't figure out where it went wrong. So I'm doing something different. With some things that I have, I already personally like the changes, but until this publishes and I hear it on different platforms and different types of speakers, I I don't know what I'm thinking, but if you can actually honestly tell that there's some improvement or you could tell in the past that, you know, maybe you don't know that it sounds good, but you knew when it sounded bad and you don't hear that anymore, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. That helps. I ask because so many times you guys respond and I really appreciate that. So person of interest. Heralded as a scientific TV show, or sci-fi. In fact, it was, during the time, considered the number one sci-fi show by a lot of critics. I don't know where it actually stood on the charts. So I'm going to read you the synopsis of this show, and then we're going to discuss the email. So here we go. The series centers on a mysterious, reclusive, billionaire computer programmer named Harold Finch, who has developed a computer program for the federal government known as The Machine. The machine is capable of collating all sources of information. Now, so if you know what all sources and intelligence, just yes and no, all sources, all things that provide information to protect terrorist attacks and to identify people planning them. The series raises an array of moral issues from questions of privacy and the greater good, the concept of justifiable homicide and problems caused by working with limited information programs. So the main character is James Reese and Harold Finch. James Reese I'm sorry, it's John Reese. He's a former Special Forces soldier and CIA officer. He's burned out, living as a vagrant in New York City and presumed dead. He's approached by the billionaire, who's a software genius who built a computer system called the machine, which monitors all electronic communication and surveillance video fees in order to predict future terrorist activities. What they do together is attempt to understand the threat to or by people the machine identifies as being a person of interest by providing only their social security numbers, and try to stop the forecasted crime from even occurring. Now, there's a little more details in that, and you can read on Wikipedia some things I'll clarify. In the show, the way this works, when it provides the social security numbers, all they know is that person's of interest. They don't know if they're the victim or if they're the perpetrator, and, and the show's very back and forth on when they are and aren't, and they're not always predictable the way they do the story twists. Sometimes they are. Stories are stories. The idea is they get this phone call, they're given some numbers, eventually figure out it has to do with his, I don't know if it's the Dewey Decibel system or his own library catalog system, and then they're able to determine who these people are. It goes on for five seasons. I really did enjoy the show. I thought it was fun. Yeah, there's, you know, spy movie stuff in there and everything. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. Now, that being said, I'm going to read you this email says, long time listener here. Hope you are well and are having a good Christmas. And nobody's ever complained about this. But just so you know, I do paraphrase these sometimes. Sometimes I've made that clear. But I do paraphrase a little bit. So he says, hard to say what I want to ask you. I just recently became an EMT. I listen to some of these prepping podcasts on YouTube. And most of what I see is a whole lot of BS with maybe the exception of Grand Thumb. Which I do enjoy Grand Thumb actually he's he's one person i would collaborate with I, I doubt he would do it but i'm just saying he says i'm not a typical conservative not a typical liberal i find that oh he says i find you both funny and informed in a way that doesn't really push an overtly particular agenda which i appreciate as a listener so i i don't put a whole lot of effort into that but it's mostly cuz it's learned behavior from the idea that nowadays by trade you could say i'm an instructor and it's beneficial not to not push an agenda except for learning. So he has three questions. First one is how close to person of interest do you think the world is? That's this show. Second one, what would you include in a get home bug out bags? I've been trying to build a couple on a budget. And I keep coming up short for what I might actually need as a single person with a dog. So while I've somewhat done that a little bit, I will think about that question, decide if I can do it any better based on what I've already done. For those that have checked out the last episode of 2023 and have looked and seen what I've done with the subscription, this is something that would end up on the paid side, but we'll see if I can, what I can do to help you out. Cause you're probably not a subscriber. And then it says on the third one, this third one is going to take some time to put together. I have to focus on my own privacy to answer it to, I have a specific answer to this question, things that I plan for myself. For all kinds of reasons, including the topic that's going to be in this question, but it's going to take some time to put together. There's some teaching points in here and references I need to find for you. I don't know that this is going to be a one-shot deal. This is something I could break down into a whole lot, a whole lot of shows. So we're going to see where this goes. So when it comes, it'll probably come fast, but it's going to be a while. But here's the third question. This is going to be right now, the biggest deal show I'll probably do this year. That's pre-planned and not reactionary to world events here's the question. If you were broke and had basically nothing and came into some money from say a rich uncle, where would you buy property? And what would you stock a house with in a gray man way? That seems simple, but there's so much more to that than just buying the property and stocking the house. There's all kinds of things we've talked about, especially privacy and acquiring that money that we're going to talk about and all kinds of, it goes way beyond that, but we're going to focus on question one. How close a person of interest is the world. There is a thing called predictive analysis. It's not something I talk about, nor will I explain why I don't talk about it. Imagine one day some discussion of that will come out somewhere, especially if I, you know, start running across people I used to work with or train that want to discuss that in very loose terms. That's entirely possible. It's a impressive impressive thing to do. There is technology that can be involved in that to some degree, not to the extent of what we're seeing in this TV show. But the other thing about predictive analysis is there's nobody doing it publicly, even without using that name, like on YouTube or podcasts that I've, I've come across people that think they're doing it are just kind of, well, they're not doing it. So the ability to predict outcomes and are basically something that come from or can be focused on by these assessments, which I'm going to talk in a future episode, just based on an email I wrote somebody today to assist them out and doing some research based on an area study around Yemen and in that area of the world, which will come later. But there are other things to look at beyond technology that we don't give our credits self credit for. I'm trying I'm sitting here trying to think of the best way to do this. Well normally this type of thing I just I edit out, but I'm trying to be more natural here. I mentioned previously, it might've been in the last episode, one of the last ones, I talked about former Intel guys, like legit spy guys, gray men, for however long they've done this, that have come out publicly written books, got a public face doing whatever and give such clear. And often what appears to be simple or overly simple answers. people don't like the answers because they believe they already know, or they go, oh, this guy's a hack or they're a CI plan or they're doing, they already have preconceived notions. They already decided how the world works on a subject. They know nothing about, but, there are things that are very simple and straightforward or can be figured out through assessment and study in order to forecast them. There's a reason why people were saying Russia would evade Ukraine, and reasons why they were announcing specifics to it about 16 months out, reasons why, you know, 10 months out it was starting to come out somewhat publicly by some analysts. I was talking about it around that time frame. And then the farther you go on, more people start coming in. Some figured it out, some are just listening to the rest of us. And maybe deducing it, or maybe just showing up late to the party. There are things that can be predicted far well beyond what we think humans are capable of because we don't give ourselves enough credit. An old thing I used to say all the time, and I know I've said on the podcast, but probably not since the first year, is I used to say that the, um, the CIA and the president have a lot in common or can be compared. They're often blamed for things they have nothing to do with and credited for things they have nothing to do with. It's just kind of how, how the ball bounces and how things go. Most of the technologies that I'm aware of are still in use. Some were under development and expansion. Some have probably been superseded. There's probably some things not used anymore. And I'm, I have no doubt there's things out there that I don't know anything about is there was things out there I didn't know anything about when I was working. You know, we don't all know everything. There's some amazing technology. Most of it acquires information. We call it collection. So it's an intelligence collection. And if it's an Inanimate object, a machine of some type, uh, you know, say a drone with a camera on it, it's a collection platform. A human's not a platform, an object's a platform. But they're collecting information that goes into the intelligence cycle, becomes intelligence, gets analyzed, assessed, turned into, you know, here's my level of accuracy. Or when politician, politicians say my high degree of accuracy that we receive from the Intel community on such and such comes from all these things being combined together. It's not a perfect system, it's very impressive you know, the idea of hiding, it's like, I've told people all the time. It's like, well, you want to hide from the government? We'll say that's, I want to hide from the government or whatever. Well, why, you know, why do you want to, or what's specific about that? Because you can't like, if they want to find you, they will, you know, if the CIA had the assets and resources to help every law enforcement agency out there, nobody would go missing in this country. We would find them, but we we can't do that. But if they want to find you, they will, right. You're running from the cops for a drug charge. uh, you know, I don't even know if the FBI is going to get involved unless it's a major interstate crossing or, you know, major trafficking thing, however those work, but you know, intelligence agent come, come after you. So who are you really hiding from? You can be found. Things can happen. The specific technology they're speaking of where there is a machine, a program, right? Arguably a program that has the ability to use open source as well as classified truly all sources of information collection platforms let's say it's independent like it is in the show or, or it's ran by the government and they can see everything. And because of their computing skills, they can put it together and predict outcomes. There are things like that, that were somewhat in development to what extent it's level of accuracy and how it's being used. I really don't know. I think what we're looking at to, you know, one of the things I did mention recently was the volume of information out there I'm trying to get you to look it up, but explain how much is out there. It's like the idea of counting to a million and how long that takes or counting to a trillion, which would take like Counting to a trillion takes something like 36,000 years or something. It's crazy. The two things that it would probably take based on my understanding of technology at that level and the available technology we have and what it's already doing is we need continued or further advancements, probably in quantum computing with the machines that can not only do the processing, but have the storage capacity that is under the control of whoever or whatever is making this happen and probably has an AI capability in it. I am not an expert on AI. I just look at AI like there's things we call AI that we probably won't in the past or maybe have some AI learning capability. You know, like I've told you about when you go to websites and they're like, click the three pictures where the bicycle is and there, you know, it's a nine block grid so you can prove you're a human, a CAPTCHA. None of that's a security feature. You're teaching actually AI programs. That's the entire purpose of them. You know, it's like uh, your phone when you do facial recognition. It's to help develop programs for surveillance, facial recognition, and potentially teach and train AI. It's not a security feature. There's nothing secure about that. You know, they're probably going to get better over time, but they only get better over time to make you feel better when they really don't do that much. Or like the texts, (laughs) which, oh, drove me nuts. You know, we'll text you a six-digit passcode to prove it to you because that's security. But if you don't do it, we're going to make you jump through all these hoops. We're getting there. I, I really don't know how far away we are. I don't think we're there yet. I think we would see a huge drop in crime. I also truly believe that we would hear about it. it two ways to look at this. If we're going to use it in things to hunt down terrorists, at least to the degree we want to talk about getting involvement with things like the FBI and their assets and law enforcement agencies to get terrorists, even if we're still hunting ones we don't want to talk about, but also probably used in many other criminal acts of surveillance and arrest and, and it, politicians would want to talk. Somebody would talk about it. It'd be a powerful tool. Here's all the great things we're doing. They're not afraid to talk about surveillance. They're not afraid to talk about the different acts that they're voting on and whether or not there's NSA surveillance or whatever surveillance and everybody wants to argue what warrant or warranted means or how the fourth amendment plays and blah, blah, blah. They're not afraid of that. So it would be talked about for it not to be talked about and be in use would be in such a confined space, it would probably only be in the CIA, only in certain areas, and it would only be used in certain occasions to look for certain types of people. I don't think the human element could contain itself or keep it compartmentalized for only those things for very long, unless there was a super dangerous component to it that they did not want out there that could be completely manipulated and something beyond what we're thinking you know, not the idea that somebody would use it for bad things. There's already humans there. Somebody's going to use it for bad things or, or, or you're going to feel like, or believe, or have the different opposing political view to say it's bad things. So I don't think we're there yet. My belief is the closer we get to that, the more you're going to hear it talked about. People were talking about a, I remember doing a show on YouTube. David Robertson was there, me, probably Luke. I think it was as far back as the day when I did shows with all those other dudes, but I think it was just the three of us. Cause it wasn't like in the last two, well, two years I've been traveling. So it wasn't the last three years. could have been four years ago. We talked about AI a little bit and what David knew about it. He looked into it. I, I knew it existed. I knew some stuff from cover. I didn't know nothing's crazy. People arguing about what could and couldn't be done. And that was an example of things where I was telling them like, yeah, these things are happening. They're like, that's not happening. What are we finding out now? Absolutely. It's happening. But there's, Discussions that go over time and it becomes more acceptable. It's more acceptable now to talk about it because the two well, there's only two real arguments about AI right now that it's Skynet and why it's bad, and we need regulation, and that we need to not fear it and look at the development things it could do with things like education. You know, you can take whatever you want on that. I would just caution you to go back to something I said before that's happened throughout times with everything that shows up without regulation, whether it's 3D printers or when we have the dot-com bubble or all this other stuff, or or I, I mentioned Napster and copyright laws. This whole idea that we're actually trying to do the right thing to protect you or improve people's lives or whatever, it's great if that works out. But if politicians are saying it, that's not what happens. That's not what happening if big business does it. They're trying to control the industry so that they can dictate the future of it. It will basically root out the weakness, basically the weak companies, the ones that can't hack it, the ones that can't play the game. That's what it'll be done. I think Elon Musk is, uh, got a lot of great things going for him. I, you know, some people don't, I do, but I'm not, I think not an idiot. When he calls for regulation of this stuff, he wants to, he wants a piece of that. You know, he'd be a fool not to as a businessman. He could really believe that it could do bad things. But when you're at that level and talking about it, something like this program would be known and talked about. We more and more see it's, I see it a lot more just because of things that have been hidden or classified forever that I was aware of. And over time, more and more people get aware of them that kind of cross over to the civilian market because people are smart, people invent things, people figure things out. People are kind of their analysts in their own right. And if you just look at like the AI thing, or just looking like Elon Musk again, flying to space, government tries to stop them. Now everybody's going to space race again, right? All these things, it's hard to separate for very long some things on the classified government side from the civilian side. And some people are going to figure it out. You know, we've talked about Olympic Games and Stuxnet before. You know, you can watch the documentary on it where the McGaffey guy talks a lot about it. And then those two guys that were civilians who found the stuff and talked about it. And then they also talked about the Intel guys and how, just look at how, couple of civilians who are really smart in a subject, discovered some stuff that was out there, put it together, you know, and even then there's some things they don't believe, even though it's very clear it existed or was real. That's the kind of how these discoveries get made. That's how it's not going to stay. I just don't think it's going to stay that hidden. This day and age, and I, th- I thought this back at the time too, but in this day and age, I think it's more acceptable for people to look at that show, enjoy the show, but look at it and say, the number one most unrealistic thing about it, is that it exists and is in use by the government and nobody knows about it, and also the guy who built it built a back door to stop crime and it's in use by him and nobody knows about it. I mean, eventually in the show, of course they do, but I'm just saying, highly unlikely. It's this whole covert world spy game, good guy trying to do a good thing with something that's classified so the assassins are going to come in or whatever. <laughs> they do some craziness like that in the show. i Believe me, I'm not spoiling it for you. It's a fun show. That's old school thinking movie mentality stuff people like that sells not not highly realistic on that point so that's one of the big failings of the movie i just don't think it could be hidden the important note though i will tell you and i've mentioned this recently and in the past is that anything even remotely like this including the surveillance we all say we don't like and i say say because i know some people do like it i'm I'm not going to get into the, the conversation on here. It's, it's better if I have it with somebody, but I'm in support of a lot of it for a lot of reasons because of just what I've seen and what I've done with work. I'm okay with a great amount of it. Some of it I'm not, but we're all helping it. That That's the thing. Even if it comes or anything else we learn that comes, we are all helping it happen. You know, there's, there are millions of people, millions that hate the surveillance thing. But they seem to forget about it when they go to the polls. All of a sudden something else is more important to them or they, it's just something they don't follow anymore. They're not paying attention to it. There's enough people to change elections in some areas, at least state and federal congress people, because of the people that don't like it. But they're not they're not doing that. You know, things like cell phones and using the facial recognition on there, we are helping those systems develop. If you're using ChatGPT or any of those, you're helping those systems develop. That's part of the AI learning process is using it helps it learn. It's, you know, because it's looked at as an intelligence. I, You know, I don't understand if it truly is an intelligence or not, but we're looking at it like it's a kid, like we're teaching it, even if we're not intending to. You know, all, all that kind of stuff where there's patterns we are setting because of simple surveillance of credit card users that are teaching things. You know, I've told you before, and this is, you can find this information. This has been around for probably decades. You know, you get a grocery card where you get coupons and discounts because you put in your phone number, swipe a card. Those things are so advanced, not using AI, just based on computer algorithms that they can figure out things like voting patterns and a whole lot of other stuff just based on a number and what it buys and when. And they factor in all the other kinds of things, traffic, weather, holidays, what's going on. They could probably tell you, well, I know for a fact they can tell you things like when you have family visiting and they can narrow down the profile of a person even though they don't know who it is because of the things that you're buying they can estimate things you're doing with driving because of where you get gas and all this other stuff. Sh- this is just based off computer algorithms and tracking information because you swipe a credit card and you swipe a points card. That's been around for decades, right? So now you've got, what was it? The first iPhone, I think it was the iPod, I mean the iPhone, but something like that was the computing power of what they used just for the electric side and the mental side, putting the first space shuttle up. And look what your phone can do now. I just bought an iPhone 15. You know, and the power of that thing. You know, and you're putting your face in it. <laughs> You know, we've talked about Siri and Alexa and the the cameras and all that other stuff we look at for personal security and surveillance and whether or not we want to use it. But we are willingly participating in this world. We were helping these things develop. I'm not saying you're guilty of anything. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It really depends on how you look at it. But what I am saying is part of the reason some advancements continue at the rate and speed in which they do is because the general public, wittingly or unwittingly, and in this case... Listen to this, it's definitely witting. Participates in supporting and teaching and training tools and ideas and development of programs because of the products they buy, the TV they watch, the shopping they do, all these different things. That's the world we live in now. Doing nothing is the same as doing anything. It contributes. Think of it this way. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do. It contributes to the algorithm. Think of it like that. I mean, there's more than one algorithm, more than one ways. Whatever you do contributes to it. But that's just... It's just reality of what we're in. You have to decide what's important to you. You know, why do you care? I'm not saying you should or shouldn't care. I'm not judging you for it, But if the machine existed tomorrow, like person of interest, and they used it exactly like we see in the show, and the government was only really using it to get the bad guys, which I think is what they do in the show, because I don't think they focus on them doing bad things. Maybe they do. It was five seasons a long time ago. I watched it couple of good guys with good intentions, smart guy, an operator, stopping crime, you know, things cops don't know about. Why would you care? I mean, there's a lot of reasons to care. You know, it's, you don't think it's right. You think it's immoral. You think it's illegal. You, you know, don't care if they're doing good things. It just doesn't involve bad decisions. All kinds of reasons why you might care. But once you know that answer, right. Cause you don't say it to justify, just say, here's why I care. Great. How does it affect you? That's the other thing to look at. How does it affect you? Can you truly hide and disappear? You can. There's ways to do it with and without electronics. And quite honestly, disappearing and hiding in plain sight is actually easier when you do it in plain sight and you actually use electronics. If you know what you're doing, the whole idea of hiding out in the woods can work, but it sucks. You don't want to. So we're not there yet. We're getting there. We're working towards it. There are. In my mind, other things going on in the world or in our own country that I think are more important, that I think are a bigger deal, that will come faster and are unquestionably probably more illegal, at least in my mind and my opinion. There are definitely other things out there to look at. Don't get lost only on one idea, but there's definitely a subject we're looking into. Like if you're into this or the guy who wrote it, start researching the technology to have different capabilities and things we've known through time and see how they've developed and what's being done. And then cross-reference those with things like the laws and acts you hear about on the news when they say they're doing another thing with surveillance and look up the old acts and see what they are you know people talk about well what was it in the nda national defense authorizations act i think it was back in 2012 2013 whenever it was they put something in and people didn't like it definite detention or something and people argued about that for years and didn't know how wrong they were because the ndaa i mean those are like the national defense authorization act that one for example that comes out every year because it has the defense budget in it so some of those things that get added, you don't like, have been taken out. Sometimes they go back and forth. Depends on what they're needed for. you know. So don't just look at, find out how often if it's an act that involves or some other law passed that involves, say, surveillance that relates to this technology and these platforms. How often do they happen? How often have they happened? Was it just like recently where it was like some extra thing they wrote in on a bill for whatever? Or was it a major bill focusing on that? And how often have they done it and what has changed? And how does that really affect who? Like, who does that affect? Because sometimes we we think those laws are made for everybody sometimes they're only made for specific organizations and there's also the question of not all laws apply to all people all the time they just don't you may disagree with that and say it's unconstitutional i'm just telling you that's the that's the world we live in that's the system you know there's things in law literally written in law that i was allowed to do that would be illegal for you they'd be if i did them now they'd be illegal but there that's part of the reason is some of the laws we think contradict each other. They don't. They're written for two types of people. There are some laws that contradict, of course, but some laws are written for two types of people. You know, for example, I always use the cop thing. You know, cops aren't supposed to speed, but if they're doing it in performance of their duties, it's not illegal, right? The laws written for two different types of people there. Because I've heard people say, "Well, I'm speeding and that's illegal," but the cops chasing me. He's speeding. That's illegal. No, it's not. That's not how it works. That's not to say whether surveillance is okay or not. I'm just pointing that, pointing that out because it's always fun to. Poke the bear. So if you're interested, look some more of that stuff up. The other thing too is I don't talk about this. I'll say this one time. I don't even want to get into what this actually matters for. I'll say this one time. If you're interested in things like this, development of technology, secret technologies, perhaps, or technology development things that you don't even know is out there. Isn't even on a lot of conspiracy websites or that one of the things that people shy away from don't research much because they can't find anything. And also don't believe is that big of a deal is one of the most powerful and cool advanced technologies that would scare people would be holograms, holographic technology. See what you can find on that. That'll be a fun look for you if you're into looking at those kind of things, just to see what you can find. There's not a lot out there that's right, but there's also not a lot out there that's wrong, but it's pretty cool what it can do. Enough that it would screw with people's beliefs or people would think it was fake because of the beliefs it's screwed with. So we'll just sum it up by saying, no matter what you believe, what you think, what you're looking for, don't become a person of interest because they're going to get you.